Ramsey Tripp has been involved in making short films that help thousands of churches pray for our persecuted family each November on the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. But making films inside hostile and restricted nations isn't easy. Every one of these has a story of where you can just see how God put things together. God has opened locked doors for our filmmaking team. They've told stories of persecuted Christians from all over the world. Their work has blessed tens of thousands of Christians. But these stories also change them. And it has literally changed my life. We'll hear the challenges and joys of telling the stories of our persecuted family on film and get a preview of this year's IDOP video right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. We have the privilege today of speaking with a, a filmmaker, uh, but not just any filmmaker, someone who has worked on several of the projects that Voice of the Martyrs has done over the last several years. Uh, many of you will be familiar with his work uh, because every November we do the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. The Voice of the Martyrs produces a video that is shown uh, literally in thousands of churches across the United States and, and really around the world. Ramsey Tripp is one of the people behind those videos. He's been behind several of them. Uh, he's a filmmaker. He works with Trademark R Productions in Maine. Uh, he is also, in the course of his life, has been a youth pastor. He's been a church planner. He's currently a lay pastor, uh, and he's also a dad. He and his wife, have seven kids right now. Number eight is on the way through an adoption process. Uh, so I'm sure your house is very busy. Ramsey, welcome to VOM Radio. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having me. I want to talk specifically about the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We, we shorten it around here to IDOP, International Day of Prayer. Why would you say that American churches, and, and again, you're a filmmaker, but you've also been involved in church leadership why should churches make sure that IDOP is on their calendars? What are some of the blessings that come as we spend some time as church bodies focusing on the issue of persecution, focusing on the issue of praying for those Christians who are persecuted? Well, I guess I think of two things right away, and one is for the persecuted church because God has called us to care about the persecuted church to um, identify with them in their suffering and to come alongside them as brothers and sisters in Christ for them. And so part of that is that we need to care and we need to get involved with our churches so that we can care about our brothers and sisters who are in countries that have persecution. And then the second part, I think, is for our own spirituality um, that as you identify with the persecuted church, there's something that happens to you personally in your spiritual relationship with God, and you begin to have your eyes open to the power of God and to um, the reality of what the Christian life is all about. 
And I want to ask you what some of those things are for you personally, because you've been a part of several VOM videos. Uh, you've met firsthand with persecuted Christians in Vietnam, in Colombia, in Iraq, in other parts of the world. What has that done for you personally and for your walk with Christ? Well, it has. I mean, this isn't just a like statement. It has literally changed my life. I mean, I think especially um, the second video I did for VOM, we went to um, Vietnam, and that experience spiritually literally changed my life. Like just seeing the faith of the persecuted church, seeing the joy of the persecuted church, because I, I had in my mind what I've come across with as I share about the persecuted church around. Um, a lot of people think, oh, you know, they must be so sad. They must be so miserable having all this pressure. The government persecutes them or the neighbors persecute them. And what I found is as we've traveled to many different countries doing these videos is that there is such joy and it's a deep seated joy, um, even among problems. Yes, they still get sad when, obviously, when either their husband dies or something happens to their family through persecution. But even in those problems, there is a deep sense of peace and joy that I think most Westerners just don't have. And so I was like, kind of rocked by that and like, wow, you know, we just really need to have faith in Jesus and let everything else just kind of not worry us anymore. It's interesting that you say that because I, when I went on my first trip to China with VOM in 1999, that was kind of my perception. My perception was we're going to come from America and we're going to cheer up these poor downtrodden people. Right. <laughs> and then you go and they're praising the Lord and they've got a smile on their face and they're excited about what God is doing in spite of, you know, going to prison and people being arrested. And they're just, and I'm, uh, same. I had the same experience. It's like, wait a minute, Lord, they're happy, they're joyful, and they're suffering. How does that work? So I so agree with you that American Christians need to, they need to experience that. They need to get a handle on that. Wait a minute. Clearly, joy is not dependent on our circumstances because these people are in terrible circumstances, but they have this incredible joy. Uh, that That's an interesting challenge. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Of the videos that you've worked on for VOM, and I know this is like asking, you know, what's your favorite child? Uh, which is your favorite? Or, or which is the one that impacted you the most personally and the most deeply? Um, well, I think there are probably two that really stand out. And it's interesting because the two that maybe my favorite aren't necessarily the ones that I've heard that have the biggest feedback or whatever from, but um, certainly I guess the first one that comes to mind is one, a story that we did out of Columbia. Um, it's called Alex's Story. And to me, it was just one of those stories that truth is stranger than fiction. Like, this cannot happen. This cannot happen. Unless you believe in the power of the gospel, you would not believe that this could happen. And that's truly what happened. A, a young man who had been involved in ministry and um, and different things and was on a bus to go to work and got stopped and and there was a massacre that took place and he was the only survivor um, he cried out to God and 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 God saved him and uh, nearly had his head severed he did get shot in the eye and shot in the leg and years later as he continued to minister um, after 
facing all kinds of adversity. His whole, he had been in youth ministry and pretty much the whole church left him because he was so horribly disfigured and and just all of his physical problems. But years later, he continued to minister and was ministering in a, in a prison ministry and came along this person who he found out was the person who had tried to sever his neck. And, um, and then he told that person that he forgave him and that he loved him and that Jesus would forgive him too. And, and today he is ministering to that man in prison and that person's following Jesus, you know? So that's like huge and unbelievable. And yeah. like, there's obviously a lot more details that I didn't go into with that story. So a little, if you're having trouble forgiving someone and you hear that story, it's like, okay, maybe I can get past, you know, maybe I can get past this. Uh, if somebody can forgive someone who shot them and tried to cut their head off, yeah. most of us probably can't compare very much with that. No. no. And what so was the, the power other of the video? gospel? And and then the other one is actually the one that we'll be showing um, for this year's IDOP. And uh, we went to India and have filmed there. And um, again, just kind of another one of those stories with with about forgiveness. I mean, often these tend to be about forgiveness because you see God working through both the persecutor and the persecuted and and how God for in his divine plan, you know, brings those things together. Um, where if you watch this year's IDOP, you'll be amazed at the power of God and just the faith of the people um, who are out there serving God and ministering to the people around them. And we'll provide a link to the Alex video on our website, vomradio.net, so that you can see that video about Alex. We'll also have, uh, as International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church gets closer, we'll have a link to this year's video about India, and we're going to talk a little more about that in just a minute. You're listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network, and uh, we're speaking with Ramsey Tripp. He's a filmmaker who's been involved in several videos for Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, Ramsey, I think one of the things that people need to understand about these videos is that persecuted Christians actually help make them. Uh, you know, we're we're telling these people stories, and they're directly involved many times on the set, watching what's going on. Uh, talk a little bit about that, because I think, you know, one, some of us would say, well, wait a minute, if something terrible happened to me, I'm not sure I'd want to make a movie about it. And then also, these are people who still live in these countries. They're still facing that persecution, and yet they say, absolutely, make a video, tell my story. Oh, hey, let me help you tell it even better. Yeah, and, and most of the time, again, going kind of back to the beginning of when I first started getting involved with the OM to, to now, after being to several different countries and working with lots of different people, um, I found that the people want their story told. Um, they want other people to know what they've been through. And I think it, even if you think of like Paul in the Bible sharing um, with the churches at large, you know, of his struggles and things that he went through, um, they want their story told because they want to help other people get through it. They want to show that the power of the gospel is strong enough to handle these situations and that regardless of what pain and suffering they, they may endure, Jesus is worth it, and they can identify with Jesus's suffering by going through suffering themselves. It's not that they're saying they're looking for that kind of suffering, but but saying that they can identify with the cross in that. And then um, the other th part of that is that they are there on set. The people's stories that we're telling, they're real stories, they're real people, um, and we meet with them, and we talk with them, and we hear their stories, and then we f basically film what happened to them. Um, and 
even that I think has been powerful to to meet with those Christians who are then it's almost like they're watching themselves. Like, it's almost it, like as a, a flashback. Third, it right? is, it is. And you'd think that it would have a negative impact on them, but every time it has been such a positive thing, either tears streaming down their facing them, telling us how like it was so um, important to see that for themselves, to remember those things. Um, or um, I think of uh, when we were in Thailand doing a story about a pastor from Laos and he came in and we were reenacting some scenes with like he had literally had his teeth pulled out, knocked out and different things like that. And he was telling us, no, no, you need to do it harder. You need to do it harder. You know, it was more beating, more beating. You're like, well, you know, we can't kill this guy in the film. You know, it's like, I know you were suffering extensively, but we can't physically do that to a real per you know, a person here that's in front of us for the film. Um, but, you know, so they really have gotten in, involved in it and embraced the, the work that we're doing. And it's been a really positive experience for them. How does that add pressure to you, the fact that you're telling a real story and those people are there? I, I mean, it's not like this guy's lived 100 years ago and you're telling a real story. You're telling their story and they're sitting there watching. Do you feel pressure because of that or do you feel uh, how does that, how does that yeah. work in your own heart? I guess there can be different things. Um, and most of the time, they're really they're so excited to have these things take place that they're very much open about everything that we're doing. So you know, we can ask them questions, and they they'll answer us. And you know, um, so they've been very open. So that's been fine. And I I guess I haven't felt much pressure from them because they have been so open about it. Let's move on and talk about India. This year's yeah. video. Um, Tell us a little bit about the story of this this pastor named Sutta uh, that is the kind of the feature character of, of the video for this year's International Day of Prayer video. Tell us a little bit about his story. Of course, one of the things that we have to deal with in this is tell a story, and we have to basically make it in five minutes. Yeah. So there's a lot of things <laughs> that we aren't able to share in the video necessarily, but we certainly try to at least be authentic in the um, message. Certainly everything that's in the video is true. And then we also try to make inferences maybe to other parts that we don't get to tell the whole story, but you understand it. Um, so with Suda's story is he was a young pastor, um, a young guy, like 25 years old in India, and he had been living in a Christian village, pastoring in a Christian village. And if you know about India, there's different segments, kind of society is segmented um, in a lot of different ways, but certainly among like Hindus and Christians and Muslims, they're all very separated. So he was living in his Christian village and pastoring there um, when, he, as he was praying, he felt God calling him to this Hindu village, and he was like, okay, God, you know, I'll go, and, and he went to the Hindu village and didn't have a lot of uh, success as far as, like, he just felt people were closed off, and then even to the point of, at one point, this crowd of men came around him and told him, you know, don't ever come back here, we don't want to see your face again. Um, and so he left and he was kind of dejected and, and felt awful about this and like, God, you know, why did you send me into this village if there was no point in it? And as he prayed over the next few days, he felt like God was telling him to go back to that village. And again, he kind of wrestled with God about that. And then he decided, okay, God, I'll, I'll go back. And so he went back and was sharing the gospel and handing out gospel tracts. And as he did, this crowd of men came around him, and this time they were a lot more heated, and they were very upset with him, and they told him, you know, we don't want you here, we don't want your Jesus, and they started to beat on him, and they, they literally beat him 
almost to death. They thought, in fact, that they had killed him, and they dragged him out of the village, and they threw him in a 10-foot ditch. Um, But one of the men who had been instrumental in that beating went home for dinner after throwing Suta into the pit, and he just he couldn't kind of really grasp what he had just done. And his wife noticed it. And she says like, what, what's wrong with you? What's going on? And he told her what he had done. And he, he said, you know, I can't believe that we beat up this innocent man. And so she told him, she said, go get him. And he's like, well, I don't even know if he's alive or not. And she said, go get him. We have to see if we can help him. Go get him. So he did and brought him back to his home. And um, he, you know, they worked on him. They, they helped him recover. And I don't know. Is it okay to tell the end of the story? Sure, go <laughs> okay. for it. But you're gonna want to see. We're gonna make anyway. people watch the video. Okay, okay. great. Um, so he did recover while he was in their home, but as he was recovering, the wife asked him, "You know, why did you come here? Why did you come here to tell us about Jesus? Especially, you know, after everything that <laughs> after happened. we told you not to, right? Especially after you, you know, saw the crowd of men come around you and were ready to beat you up the first time. And so he told them that he wanted to be there to tell them about Jesus." And to tell them about the love of Jesus that he has for them and, um, and that he could heal all of their broken hearts and their, their um, burdens. And so she told them that she had a sister that was sick and that nobody had been able to find out what was wrong with her um, or what they could do with her to help her get better. And so he said, well, if you bring her to me, I'll pray for her. And so they did. They brought her in and he continued to pray for her. And she miraculously got healed. And um, eventually, it was over a course of time that her whole family came to follow Jesus, and the husband came to follow Jesus, and as well as some of the other men who had beat him up that night came to follow Jesus. And today, Suda also has a church in that village, in that Hindu village, where that whole family and some of the other men and women come, and and, uh, he pastors them. the people that he ministers to on a weekly basis, some of them are the people who beat him and threw him in the ditch and thought he was dead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, you know, just the power of God that, you know, humanly we could never do that, but God has allowed him to be able to be in a place where he can minister to the people who nearly killed him. And one of the themes of this year's video, which is a little different or even a little beyond what our themes have been in the past, we always talk about, you know, it's the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We always talk about praying for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted. But one of the themes of this film is pray for the persecutors, pray for the ones who are beating these pastors. Uh, and as his story shows so well, they're not outside the reach of God's grace. Yeah, the voiceover for this is really told through the eyes of Raji, who Raji is that man who was instrumental in beating him nearly to death, but also instrumental in bringing him out of the pit and into his own home. So it's the story is told through the eyes of the persecutor, uh, who is now uh, today a follower of Jesus Christ. And again, uh, it's a true story. I encourage you to uh, order a copy of that DVD, show it to your church on the International Day of Prayer. Uh, it is going to challenge you. Uh, I think it challenges all of us to kind of examine our own hearts and uh, think about, you know, what do we do? What do we do when people are opposed to us? How do we respond to that? You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. You can listen to every episode of VOM Radio at www.vomradio.net. 
you know, going into a hostile or restricted nation and making a film uh, is not always easy. Uh, what what were some of the challenges, particularly to this film about India? Well, I think the the biggest challenge overall, what became the biggest challenge, is we were scheduled to film for five days, which that may seem like a lot, but really for something of this magnitude, we had a lot of scenes. We had day and night scenes. Um, we had interiors, exteriors, and all of that. So five days really it's not a lot of time to begin with. And then due to circumstances beyond our control, basically there was a little bit of conflict with um, some of the, the people, not in our particular village that we were filming in. We were filming in a Hindu village, but one of the nearby villages. Um, so we had to cut things short. So we ended up filming everything that we were supposed to get in five days in about two days and two hours. Wow. So we definitely had to you know, tighten things a up a bit. A compressed schedule. <laughs> yes. But it seems to have worked out. Yeah, I, I was amazed. You know, again, it's it, even in all of these things, every every one of these has a story of where you can just see how God put things together. And I think, again, in this story, um, while we were in India, you know, that even though it was a compressed time frame, we got everything that we needed to tell the story. And um, we weren't using real actors. These were all people that were in the village from this Hindu village, and they were all just helping us out and um, you know, coming along and, and being part of this. And so they weren't professional actors. They're just real people from India. And, um, and God just worked it out that we got what we needed and, and came away with a great story. And it turned out great. You talk about, you know, every film has challenges. And I know you have seen some times where it seemed like the door was completely closed and God just opened it. Share one or two of those from some of the previous films uh, times where God just kind of blew your mind and said, "Look, I can I can handle this." We had a time for that Alex video um, where that day we shot. So the the uh, story took place in Colombia, and we weren't going to fly. We had done a documentary on Colombia, and that's how we came across the story in the first place. And then we wanted to do this part of that documentary for the IDOP video, but we couldn't go back to Colombia and film what we needed to film. So we looked for a location in the U.S. to do that, and we um, decided to do it just outside of Orlando. So we found what we thought was a great location, and uh, we went down to scout the location just two days before and found out basically that, that location wasn't going to work. There were, It was a long story, but anyways, there's stuff that made it so that we weren't going to be able to use that the location. The door was closed. The door was closed, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, so we were trying to find desperately a location, another location that would be similar, similar area because we had, uh, selected cast and we had you know different props and that sort of thing that were all in that area so we really couldn't go far from that area and that was one of the things so we ended up getting in the end actually a much better location that a really awesome location just through these like a couple of phone calls of a friend of a friend that somebody knew within this little town hall you know oh I know a guy that's got some land like that or whatever and then another thing with that was we needed this bus that we could drive in, so it had to be a drivable bus, but it had to look like something that you'd find in Columbia, and then we had to burn it. So I didn't know it at the time, but we went to a, this, I found this place again um, online and, and ended up scouting it and, and coming up with a couple of buses that we could choose from. So we picked this bus, and then we had a pyrotechnics guy um, that we had hired as well to because we needed to burn this bus. And one of the really cool things was out of all of the buses that we could have chosen, 
this bus was diesel. And the pyrotechnics guy told me that if we had chosen a gas bus, we couldn't have burned the bus. We couldn't have done what we wanted to do <laughs> because we needed to light it on fire while it was still operational and everything else. Um, so that was another thing that, you know, as a producer, you're supposed to be able to think of those kinds of things and make sure everything lines up. Well, I hadn't thought about whether we could burn a gasoline bus or a diesel bus, but out of all the buses that we chose, we ended up choosing a, a diesel bus. And so God worked that out, too. Um, but just lots of things like that, even to the point of like some props. Um, one of the guys that is the executive producer on these projects had gone down the road and seen some chickens. He's like, oh, we got to get these chickens in the shot, you know, to make it more authentic. You know, that's what we want. We want everything to look real. Um, so he asked these farmers, like, can we borrow like five of your chickens for this shot? <laughs> you know? So the scene starts that that particular video starts with the scene of us. Um, jibbing up from these chickens on the ground up to the bus coming through the shot. And it was a great first frame. So Ramsey, as we finish up, uh, I want to remind people again to participate in the International Day of Prayer uh, that is coming up. Uh, these videos are simply tools to help churches uh, kind of introduce the idea of Christian persecution, introduce specific people and countries and situations that we can pray for. What do you hope the average guy in the pew, he goes to church, he he doesn't even know it's International Day of Prayer for the persecuted church, but he sits down, he sees one of these videos. What do you hope that he walks out of the service with? I hope that these videos, and it's, this is one of the reasons why I get excited about doing them, is that people can see something with a video that shows them this is real. This really happens. These are real people these are real stories, and they're in my time frame. You know, they're now. They're happening today, and it's this is just one story that we're telling each year when there are hundreds, thousands of stories that happen like this all around the world, and they're happening to real people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so I hope that they walk away with a sense of um, maybe a little bit of the urgency of this, that it is real, that it is happening, and that we can be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can pray for them. Um, we can, you know, do other things. BOM has a lot of materials and, and projects that you can get involved with and help out the persecuted church around the world. Ramsey Tripp, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for helping us tell these stories in such an effective way. Uh, and thanks for being our guest today on VOM Radio. Thank you, Todd. We'll give you a link to the Alex video at our website, vomradio.net. You can also request a free DVD of this year's video about Sutta in India at vomradio.net. Make sure that your pastor is aware of IDOP Sunday coming up November 1st. It's an important day that should be on your church calendar every year. I'd love your thoughts about VOM Radio. You can give us feedback through the website, vomradio.net. I want to share a phone call that was an encouragement to me from Derek in Atlanta, Georgia. Really love Voice of the Martyrs Radio. That's an excellent thing you guys have started up. You do a super job. Enjoy hearing you. Uh, really look forward to that podcast every Friday to see what's going to be on there for the week. You get some great uh, field workers on there. It's, it's my favorite show that's on the radio. One small comment, I enjoyed the original opening music more uh, than, the, than the new music. I just thought it was more, I don't know, uh, missionary, kind of jungly sounding. It was, it was really cool. Other than that, though, the show has is, is just really progressed tremendously. I wish you all the best with that. I'm trying to get you on our local station now.
Blessings. Thanks, Derek. If you'd like to hear VOM Radio on your local station, there's a way to request that at vomradio.net. And until it airs locally, there's a link to access VOM Radio as a podcast. Listen to some of our early episodes and see if you agree with Derek about the music. Tweet me this week using the hashtag VOM Radio and tell me what you think. Order a DVD of the Sutta video that Ramsey talked about. It will help you to remember to pray for the persecutors as well. Thanks for being with us. Join us next week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.